0: Learn more at marines.com.
1: Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring. Boring.
0: You're going get bored by baseball. Hey, okay, one thing uh, the game needs is more people like you. 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 You still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Sal This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball. Is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. All right. Well, if there was ever a week that proved that baseball isn't boring every single day of the year, uh, it is this week, the week of the winter meetings. And this is I am phrasing this at hand as the ultimate winter meetings primer because I can. So there you go. Thank you for being an enormous part. Fifty percent of the ultimate winter meetings primer. It's going to be a good week, though, man, isn't it?
1: Oh, it's going to be. It's going to be huge you know it's uh there's frost outside here in boston but the hot stove is keeping me warm as you can believe
0: um that is that was the worst cliche of all time i know it
1: was bad that that was very bad
0: rewind that can we start
1: (laughs) yeah no i'm not gonna uh
0: this, uh, this, this, this. Uh, you could have, you could have, like at least like pivoted to something San Diego related, right? Oh uh, God, like, yeah. But I, to I be, then I'd have
1: to think about the fact that you get to be in San Diego while I'm still here in Boston. So,
0: wow, I don't know. Yeah, so we were just talking before. The great thing about you know this time of year, early December, is that. It really is. There's a lot going on. And you know we went through all November and we did these podcasts and we, we love the rumors and we, we love the trades and we uh, trade proposals and everything else. But it gets sort of we, and I said this to you, it gets sort of exhausting after a while. It just does. But now it kind of feels a little real. Now it feels like we might be actually getting a chance to talk about anything. And even even with all the rumors and, and sur- stuff surfacing in the last couple of days, I still am of the mind. I'm like, just let's wait. I think that there was still a little bit in the leverage world of the agents, of the teams, of the reporters, of all of that. We're still a little bit in that world. So as much as everyone is, is jumping on every single rumor, like pump the brakes just, I mean, just for maybe half a day. That's all I ask, half a day.
1: I mean, yeah, I, we're seeing the dominoes are really being set up. A few of them have fallen, but they're still kind of, you know, I'm just, I'm going to stop with the cliches right now. Oh, well, listen, ridiculous. I mean,
0: the, the Buster Oldie came on here, used the word domino. So like you can absolutely. But but here's an example where um, you had uh, on Sunday, the the Sean Murphy stuff starts popping up and, it looked like Mark Feinstein, who's excellent, MLB.com, excellent. I, I always trust what he says. And he said, This heating up, it looks like the Braves are the front runner. And then he has to come back. And clearly, someone from the Braves said, No, 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 no. The brave we're not, no, no, we're not the front runners. We're not really in it, whatever. And they, they, you still have these other teams. But this is the type of thing Ed, that we're going to have to deal with. Uh, we've been dealing with, but we still will have to deal with at least for a couple more minutes.
1: Very true. But you know, something that we can start talking about, I think, immediately um, is the big signing from – we're recording this Sunday. This was the big signing last night, and that was Jacob uh, deGrom
0: Yeah, has
1: left the Mets for the Texas Rangers. And I feel pretty confident saying that we're going to see a rebuttal very quickly. Uh, We're going to see somebody – some big name come in there to uh, take that role. It would not surprise me if it's Justin Verlander. It would not surprise me if they bring back Chris Bassett or try to bring in Carlos Soto, somebody like that. But that was the that was the first major move. We saw Jose Abreu go to Houston, and that was pretty big. That's one of the better. But that games was, but, but
0: Ed, that that was, and you're right on. I mean, when you want to use the word domino? If we could put someone's face on the domino right now, it'd be Jacob Degrom. It wasn't Jose Abreu no. because, like, what it was all? Oh, there goes the first base slash DH market. No, yep. maybe what Jose Abreu did for me was once again showed you what we were sort of getting a feel for, which is there's going to be a lot of money out there, and these guys are going to probably all the projections that we had. Are probably going to be a little bit lower than we thought. That's what the Abreu thing. But Degrom is a great point. It's a great jumping off point for this entire conversation. Or one of them, which is you know now what for the top of the rotation market. Uh, start, I'm sorry, starting pitching market, right? Yeah, it's Verlander, it's
1: Radon, and it's everybody else after that. And I like I like Chris Bassett. I think he's the most reliable option. But if we're looking at Pure talent for the top two, it's Verlander and it's Rondon. And it's going to be very interesting seeing who's pursuing them and what kind of a deal they get.
0: So Bassett comes out and says on Sundays, or he didn't come out, someone reported this, that uh, he wants four years. I think he'll get four years, don't you?
1: Oh, I think he'll get four years. I heard that it could that he wants five. I heard yeah. that it's going to be more than three. We'll see what it ends up being. But um, I think that considering the market right now, considering his injury history, you know, as 30, he's going to be 34 years old going into this season, but he's as reliable of a 34 year old as you're going to find. So I think that that's a pretty easy bet. The question is who ends up getting him and how much is his average salary going to be? Um, I could see him pretty easily doing something like 80 million four years that seems within the realm of possibility. I can see him getting more than that.
0: You know, it, the one thing is, is that I don't think the DeGrom thing, why is a domino? I don't think any of it, any of what we've heard so far has surprised, including DeGrom signing with the Texas Rangers. Although, 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 although the terms, I mean, listen, you have to be a little bit surprised about that. I, this, it was insane for a guy that, it, that old. Um, we talked. We you had a great argument about or great debate. I'm sorry, not argument, but debate about Verlander versus Degrom. And I mean, this guy isn't 28 years old, and he's getting he's getting a contract. What used to be the contract you would give 30 year old started premier starters that sort of length of contract certainly with that sort of investment on the AAV that what you're getting. But how old Degrom? 36.
1: I think he's thirty-five. I believe he's thirty-five. He'll be yeah. So mid-thirties,
0: like that. That is like for what the Rangers gave him. Holy mackerel! Like that's the only of all of this. It's that's the only surprise going to the Rangers. Not remotely a surprise. We knew that they were going to go after the one certainty in this life of the offseason. Ed was that the Rangers want to go to target a top of the line top for the rotation pitcher. Boom. There you go. Now you have Verlander next up. All right, big shock that, that the Mets are involved? No. Big shock that the Dodgers are involved? No. like And so now comes for Dutton. none of this has been a surprise, but it absolutely has amped up the conversations with the guys that you're talking about. Yeah, and
1: it's going to be – even beyond those guys, there are a few – I would, I, I, it's weird calling them second tier, but they're the second tier pitchers in this, uh, in this market, the Taiwan walkers, the Jamison Talions. um, Kodai Senga is a huge wild card in all of this. It seems like a consolation prize. If you miss out on the Verlander or the DeGrom, um, he seems like the guy that maybe you can come in and, you know, hope he's more Yu Darvish than, um, Daisuke Matsuzaka, you know, um, it's going to be very interesting to see how long some of these deals are with some of these guys. Um, I don't know if we're going to see all of them signed at the end of even December too. I think that there could be, we could be seeing some of this well, dragging we, yeah, on I mean, until listen, February. I mean, we, we have
0: to, there's going to be as much as we, we think that there's going to be stuff happening in the winter meetings. The reality is we're still going to be sitting in January. This isn't 2012 anymore. This isn't, it, those days are over where you're like everything's done by Christmas. No, no. I mean it's you're right. It, it, we're still gonna be sitting there and somebody's gonna get paid. no question about it because you know these guys are playing the market. absolutely. but uh but you mentioned the next tier of starting pitchers. you bring up a name that sort of people have gone silent on with Senga a little bit, right? I mean, he was hot. He was a hot commodity. Everyone was talking about him. And now really we haven't heard a whole lot about him, at least linked to teams. We know that teams are some the teams that that are somewhat interested, but you're right. I mean, this is a guy who is perceived as a top to middle of the rotation guy who, you know, isn't probably, isn't going to cost you the money uh, that, that some of these other guys are, isn't 35 years old, all of that. That's, if you want to, if you hey, I'll use throw out this cliche. Here you go, wild card. He's the wild card, Ed. He's the wild Absolute card. Right. Yeah,
1: he absolutely. Is And He doesn't come with a qualifying offer either.
0: Yep, yep. It, 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 but it's it's you look at. Um, it's funny because you look at like you talk about the next tier of starting pitchers. Also, like how this all these signings have affected it. Now, the only contract right now. That is perceived as a team-ish friendly contract is one of the first ones, or, or Tyler Anderson, right? But yeah. uh, right, I mean, Clevenger, Clevenger was a good deal for the for the player, and that that's going to only help the the guys that you're talking about, the Taiwan Walkers, um, some of these up, next level guys, and then and that's where you define the market. I think when those guys are getting paid. Then you know which way the market's going. I mean, even guys, different guys
1: than that. Matt Boyd got signed for t- uh, ten million dollars, one year deal for the Tigers. That's not somebody that I thought would be seeing anything close to that kind of money, considering his injury history. So, pitchers, if you're a starting pitcher that's had some success at some point, you stand to make a lot of money right now.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that I think that's going to be across the board. Honestly, that the the way that things are trending. And I think that what Ken Rosenthal uh, termed it as an orgy, like a, a spending orgy, which is you know, God bless him. Poetic Ken. Poetic. Yeah. As, as long as as long as we as long as we can have like something to put up on the on the bumper stickers. Welcome to the 2020-22 baseball winter meetings. It's a spending orgy. Um, I, let's go, right? <laughs> What's it, it is? It is. I, I got to be honest with you, and I think the last few winter meetings have been duddish. Really, in the last few, like I'm going back probably the last four years. I know they didn't have them one year. Um, and I know that a lot of people in baseball don't even feel like they need to have them anymore. But I do feel like this year, people are amped up for it. Uh, you tell me from your perspective if, if you feel the same way. But I do feel that people are amped up more than, more than maybe they have been in a while.
1: I've never seen anything like this as far. And, you know, I'm a little bit, I, my perspective is a little bit um, tinted through that of a Red Sox fan. That's the market I'm in. Um, And there's a lot going on there, but you see it everywhere. You see it with the Cubs talking about um, they're trying to become contenders this year, the Rangers. What are the Yankees going to do with Judge? What are the Giants going? I mean, you have, you have four, premier shortstops available and there are a ton of players in all of them I mean I've been reading Xander Bogarts has eight or nine people interested in him Trey Turner is popping up rumors every which way Dansby Swanson maybe he goes to Chicago because his fiance is a soccer player there maybe he stays in Atlanta because they don't want to lose another guy maybe he wants to join Freddie Freeman in LA you know and Carlos Correa that it's weird how quiet that's been on him. It's oh, the only yeah. first team I've heard li- linked to him is uh, is the Twins, and he's the youngest and argu- very arguably the most talented of all four of them. So there's there's just a lot of intrigue. I think some of it is because the top of the market is so top heavy, so there aren't as many fallback plans if you don't get that main guy that you want. At least outside of the shortstop position. But it's it's very it's feel it feels the intensity feels higher than I I can recall it being in a very long time.
0: So you know, as we we're taping this, uh, it was just announced Fred McGriff was elected to the Hall of Fame. Good for Fred McGriff. Oh, you all right? I'm so happy to hear yeah, that. Yeah, never, I am. Man, you almost pulled a muscle celebrating there. What's going I, on? I
1: how do you not love Fred McGriff? How can oh, you not be rooting I mean, for the
0: guy if, if for no other reason? He's he it was part of the greatest baseball, the second greatest baseball commercial of all time. Tom Imansky, which is well before your time. You know the Tom Amansky? well before.
1: No, was that I remember he had like a, a like a like, a, like a, a VHS like hitting tape.
0: Yeah, no, he was, it was it Tom Amansky, big. was uh that was the VHS hitting, and he got Fred McGriff to sort of to weigh in on it. Obviously, the best baseball commercial of all time was the one that was just recently surfaced. Dust Bedroya um, with the with the video game with a with his uh, batting practice pitcher. Ramon something or other, um, which I uh, name dropped. But I just saw Dustin down at the David Ortiz Celebrity Golf Tournament. Great cause for kids with uh, for heart surgeries, little uh, little kids and just a, a great cause. But we had a chance to go down there. So one of the first things I said, hey, I just want to let you know, because he doesn't look at this shit. So it's like it. it, it I just want to let you know that that commercial, I think it was from 2008, surfaced once again. And it took off. People like and I said they don't do commercials like that anymore. And I like I, I couldn't believe that you memorized your lines. And his wife is standing right there, and she's like, "Yeah, me either." I mean, it's like, <laughs> but so anyway, we'll get to that another, maybe at the end of the podcast. But I want to keep the ball rolling. So, congratulations! We'll do another podcast on the Hall of Fame. Congratulations, to Fred McGriff. Um, you know, I I don't. If, so, when was the last time he was on the ballot? oh it me? was
1: a few years ago yeah
0: so i i didn't have a vote until last year so i did not have the opportunity so i uh be a culpa i did not uh have that opportunity to to vote for Fed McGriff. but if i took a hard look at it, i probably would have uh, often of, i definitely would have often of some of the guys i voted for last year um are you a big hall of fame guy
1: I I I like talking about it. I was talking to my uh, to my dad about it the other day, and he was kind of comparing him a little bit to Eddie Murray, and how Eddie Murray was a no brainer, so he didn't entirely understand why uh, it was taking so long for McGriff. So,
0: Here, can I get? Let, let me give you my my baseline where I start the conversation for position players. Now, this isn't the be all end all, but the baseline is, and I, I'm going to look at uh, McGriff up. But um, the baseline is. To show dominance in an era, look at the top 10 or top 15 votes. It, well, how many times they finish in the top or top top 10 or top 15? And people immediately say, or some people say, Oh, those are writers who vote. Listen, if you're as, as screwed up as the writers can be, if you're finishing in the top 10 or top 15, you had a dominant year that year. Fact, right? I mean, you yeah. had you had like a Premier year that year. So if you do it that way, you don't have to rely so much on how skewed the stats are with the steroid guys or Jim Rice was the perfect example of this. I mean, I think six times in 10 years he finished top five MVP. He's dominant. That shows you me how do- reminds us of how dominant he was. Um, and I bet Fred McGriff was right up there. Now he had some longevity, sure. You know, that helps. But I, I don't want to get off track. We'll do another Hall of Fame episode. <laughs> But uh, a a team that Fred McGriff... So here's the thing. I was going to do an awful segue. I'm not going to even skip that. Um, You had mentioned Aaron Judge. I did. So Aaron Judge is obviously the be-all, end-all, marquee guy in the free agent market. And we really think right now there's two teams, the, the Giants and the Yankees, are vying for him. I'm not so much interested in that because... This isn't this isn't like the short start market. This isn't like the so um this isn't like the starting pitching market where this guy is going to impact a lot of the other guys at his position. The outfield market is Brandon Nimmo, Aaron Judge, Ben evidently Houston's interest in Ben now, great. But it's not a strong market. But, but, but um, as Buster only said on our podcast, which I thought was really interesting, he said, judge is the domino not for the, his own position, but for the shortstop position. And how what he feels is that the Yankees have it locked in, where if Judge signs for the Giants, their immediate plan B is going to be sign one of these shortstops, which I, we don't hear a lot of that, right? We hear a lot of these other teams. Now, so bear with me, Ed, where you can have that scenario where Judge signs and he's the one that pushes the market shortstop market, or you can have a team like we're hearing more and more and more and more the Cubs or the Cubs and the Phillies. You know that those two we have definitive teams with money who want to spend money who uh, who are going to get a shortstop. We know that, right? We know that. Right. So one of these things is going to push the shortstop market. What, your my first question to you is: What is your take on that judge um, judge scenario?
1: I think that that is. I think that once Judge goes, will st- I, I agree with Buster's take on the, this that so that, that think will the be X's the major. going
0: after a shortstop.
1: Yeah, I think that it may. I now I disagree with what Buster said that Bogarts would be the pick for that. I think that um, Turner makes a lot more sense to them because you could put him uh, with Anthony Volpe coming up much easier to adjust um, Turner to a different position than Bogarts. That being said, it makes a lot of sense as a backup plan. If you miss out on judge, they need to make a splash and they need to replace his bad as best as they you can't, you can't replace air 62 home runs and whatever else he did. A, what was it? Like a 10.1 war yeah. or something. Well, no,
0: right. Th- that's the problem is that there's no other path unless you're trade, making a trade, and i don't think they want to do that they have some good guys coming up volpe being one of them but i don't know if there's a path to finding the guy that is going to be uh and we had keith mcpherson on from wfan Buster said this this is the guy this is the this is the the guy this is the guy with the name on the back of the kids jerseys this is the you know a captain maybe not captain but this is the the captain ish guy you need to find that next guy and these shortstops that's the only place you get in the free agent market
1: this especially this year usually that's true also but especially this year the drop off from the shortstops to the next best offensive players like you said there's nimo you know beyond that feels like nimo
0: is, is just going to yeah. land in toronto i just feel like nimo is like it's like a foregone conclusion it makes too much sense.
1: It really does, especially after that. We talked about this last week with um the Teoscar Hernandez trade, but it just—it makes too much sense. So yeah, I mean the—it's—it's not a good market to lose a marquee hitter like that in, and you can say the same about any of the teams potentially losing their shortstops too. You know, the Nationals, the uh, the Red Sox, the um the Dodgers, even the Braves. It's I guess the Braves have some young guys like uh, Grissom that they could put there, but it's still. It's just very hard to lose a hitter like that in this market. It's very yeah, difficult and, and, to replace them. And
0: I, and I think that Buster had a great point. He said, this is the first time maybe well, ever, I don't know, but that that the the team, the Yankees being the team, needs the player more than the player needs the team. Like, and that's undeniable. Like you said, we had Keith on and, and he said the same thing. I mean, this guy is the be-all end-all to that franchise. And so that's... At the same time, you know, in, in the next breath, Buster's saying that, "Hey, listen, Cashman, Cashman isn't the type; he's going to budge off of what he really wants to pay." Which again leads you to, "Well, this is a case of the ownership getting involved." That's another dynamic that's really interesting. This market, Ed, the ownership groups, right? Yeah, you have, oh, yeah, you have the Steinbrenner. Dynamic, not the old Steinbrenner dynamic. The new Steinbrenner dynamic, dynamic. You know
1: that would be very different if it was the old oh, Steinbrenner. My, well, right? I don't think guy. it would have got to this point with Judge. Nah,
0: I don't think so. Don't think, not only would it have gotten to this point, but Aaron Judge would have been signed, and Carlos Correa would be playing short. <laughs> so, and Verlander would have been pitching. So, but it's you have that. You have Steve Cohen now. Will you lose to Grom? You think he's sitting around saying, "Oh no, I get this pitcher coming up in five years." No, no, Verlander. I would not be surprised at all if Verlander, if he doesn't go there, say he ends up with the Dodgers, we'll find out that the Mets offer it in some way, shape, or form was actually better. So, so they're gonna be
1: so mad if that does happen after. And I mean, I guess they're relieved with this retrospectively, but I still remember what it was between the Mets and the Dodgers for Trevor Bauer. Um yeah. and if they right. lose out to the oh, Dodgers that's again right. for their pitcher, Oh, I
0: forgot about that. The uh that they like that uh, his his uh, marketing team basically said he was going to the Mets, right? Yeah, yeah. I can't. I mean, Cohen's going to be.
1: Uh, there's going to be hell to pay if that happens again.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. So yeah. So you have Cohen. You obviously have the Red size dynamic where you don't know how much ownership's going to swoop in and sort of change course with this this waiting game that the, that Heim Bloom seems to be playing. You have the Cubs where they all of a sudden say. We're ready, to, we're ready to spend some money. We've waited a couple of years. Now we're ready to spend the money. And, of course, then you have the Phillies where if you sign Dave Dombrowski to an extension through 2027, you know he's spending money. He's not signing that unless he say, hey, we're going to keep spending money. And, you, you, and then, of course, you have the Dodgers, the Dodgers and the Padres. I mean, you have – I'm sorry, the not the Pirates. Oh, well,
1: the Padres are always involved anyway. The Padres, so. right.
0: Their ownership – yeah, because their ownership group wants to spend money too. It's. I was funny because I was at the Ortiz event. I was talking to um, some some Colorado Rockies fans, and they were talking about Monfort and he's talking about the that dynamic. He said that that they don't have. They treat it like more of we have this team to make money, which is you can never have. <laughs> if you're an own, if you're owning a team, like don't expect to make money. Come on, yeah, no. No, I don't think Steve Cohen bought the Mets and was like,
1: This is this is gonna pay for my kids' tuition.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. So it's so with that with that shortstop conversation in mind, we have talked about this, we've probably talked about this every week. We certainly talked about it last week. Um, has anything changed in your mind of how you feel where these guys we made our predictions of where these guys would end up? I think mine was um Man. I believe you
1: said Turner to the you said Turner to the Red Sox. Oh, turn the um, Red
0: Sox. Bogarts the Phillies. Uh, maybe Swanson the Cubs and Korea. Maybe the Dodgers or the Twins. Anyway, I think
1: you said Twins for Korea. I'd have to listen. Yeah, back well, to
0: that's it what now. I, was, I was just going with you know the consensus. Most I think most people feel like the Twins are going to go all in on him. But uh, has anything changed in your mind? It seems like it. The reports change on a day to day basis. Bogart's is a perfect example of this. We're all over the place. Bogart's is the perfect example. Ed, spoiler alert, that like, just wait it out, man. Like, yeah. there's, there's too much, there's too much smoke. It, it's just like, it's just, there's too much. Everyone's all over the place. And it feels like, it maybe because we're in this market, it feels like everyone's just trying to get a piece of the pie. And, but there's just, you think? Do you think that that the Red Sox, as much as like I, I think that they have the reputation of lowballing players over the last couple of years, they, which is true. Whether I don't know if it's a reality, that's their reputation. Do you think that the ownership group would say, "Hey, you know what? We're good with giving them a non-competitive offer." This guy who we pers- we have de- designated as Plan A now. Where that competitive offer or when it comes up happens, I don't know. But I can't imagine that, that they are dumb enough to say that's our plan A and then fall $50 million short. I can't imagine that happening. So that's why I said wait that out. But yeah. that said, I do believe that there's a lot of interest in this guy.
1: I mean, what's not to like? What's not to like about any of these guys? You know, these are four, these are four pre any of them in any given year could be the top guy at their position. You know, there are years that Dansby Swanson could be. There are years that it could be Bogarts. Turner's probably going to be any year he's there. Correa was the top option last year.
0: These are just, these are
1: very, very
0: good players. I don't know if we're ever going to see it. Have you changed your predictions? Where are they going to land?
1: Um a little bit, yeah, I think I said the Dodgers for Swanson last time. I think I'm thinking the Cubs now for him, honestly. Okay. It just makes uh, that makes a lot more sense. I like um, the, the
0: girlfriend soccer player angles too much to get yeah. over. and also just him being a good
1: fit for the Cubs, I think that he's
0: actually a perfect no, you, you fit like them. the girlfriend soccer player that's I like yeah, that that too that, that, absolutely which, which by the way, would absolutely lead to a podcast at some point where we would try to define who has the better, uh, the most notable um, relationship of baseball player and professional soccer player. So who's Dizzy Swanson's girlfriend? I don't even know. She?
1: Um, She's like a striker for the Chicago soccer team. Pro-
0: pro- pro- professional, right? Correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, then you have Julio Rodriguez, who's dating the professional soccer player out in Seattle. So, oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. This is the, our guy Coop. I mean, he's all over that. He's like... The royal couple out there. So it's, uh, yeah, so it's all these subplots. It's like Xander Bogras doesn't like being cold. He's going to San Diego. So it's all of it. All of that, all of that is factored in. I don't like to be cold. That's why I go to San Diego. Um, So you say, Dansby Swanson to the Cubs. Danceby Swanson to the Cubs.
1: um, Trey Turner to the Phillies, I'm going to say. Okay. Carlos Correa. I go back and forth on this so frequently. I'm going to say Carlos Correa to the Yankees.
0: Okay. Oh, cool. So the judge is going to San Francisco.
1: I think they lose
0: out on Judge,
1: replacing with Correa. And here's going to be, I think, Bogart's to the Red Sox, just because I feel like, as you were alluding to, that would make absolutely no sense to tell everyone repeatedly. That this is your plan A. This is the guy that you want back. And then to not put in that effort to get him. That looks terrible for the fans, think, and I, it looks terrible just, for the players. I just go
0: back to that. I just go back to that. And I, I try to obviously these guys are really smart guys. But I look at that proclamation as being such a such a misguided misstep. It it's just there was nothing to I understand what they were trying to do. It almost feels like. They said, the ownership group said, listen, we got to get this message out. We got to show how much we want this guy. So he and how much we're invested in getting this guy. So we are going to designate him as plan A. But there's so many problems that come with that, right? Because if they lose a lot of their leverage, they lose a lot of their the leverage. That. And and as I said before, not that it's, I mean, listen, if whoever plays shortstop, if they produce, and the Red Sox are good, they, that's all that matters for them, ultimately. Right. Perception-wise, it's, all right, Bogarts is your plan A. Uh, what if you sign Trey Turner with more money? So what you're telling me is that you paid more money and more years for plan B? Like, yeah, how does that make any sense?
1: It's just terrible optics. And I would I would love to know the conversation that went down before they made this proclamation before they decided this because yeah misguided is the right word for very it very confusing you
0: know and yeah, you know what it reminded me of was how paranoid they were and I'm not saying like like Heim Bloom has to has to make the decision to make the trade ownership has to sign off I and mean, at that point Heim Bloom was hired to do the job they said hey listen you know what you do the job do what's right we're gonna back you up But still, when they trade Mookie, there's a level of discomfort, and that's what it feels like. It feels like the business side of it. They understand the potential impact, much like they did with Mookie, where you know at that press conference when right out of gate in spring training, they're talking about nine dollar college ticket packages. You know, it's like it's it's okay. It's I think I wrote about this. I said it's okay. It's okay, sometimes you have to get uncomfortable and make those sort of moves. But this is the same, it reeks to me of the same sort of paranoia about, oh, you know what, we 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 don't want to be perceived as the team that now lost this guy. So, I mean, that's where that's driven from, I think.
1: I mean, you know how, how you stop having that perception? You sign the guy.
0: <laughs> right, right. I mean, but, you know, it, let's see, and – and we'll see, like when it's going to be fascinating. After maybe it's after this week we get some of these things. Maybe we get all of them. Maybe we get none of them. But this is one of the great things about the winter bees. And we had it. it really is it as we said, as you said. There's more excitement around this one than a long time. And I feel, and I feel like there will be more stuff happening. We haven't had a lot of. We uh, we had Rich Hill on, and we were talking about. Winter Meetings press conferences, and they always have the stage set up, always ready to go. Like, they'll have one for McGriff um, here probably tomorrow. Good for him. But for guys who were signed, they used to have a bunch of these. It was a big deal. And really, like, I remember Winter Meetings, not really – they haven't had a bunch of them. I mean, even, even remember – like, uh, a guy like Jared Saltamaki had one. You had um, – usually you have some signings and you have press conferences. And we haven't had a bunch of those. So hopefully we have some of those because you always like to see the guy in the new uniform. and Yeah. Yeah. So, so who is, tell me, here's your prediction. Okay. Tell me the press conference that they will be having first at the baseball winter meetings in San Diego at hand. Oh. oh, boy. Um,
1: you know, we talked about this before. Justin Verlander to the Mets. I can see it coming All together right. very quickly.
0: All right. I like it. I like it. That's a good one. That's a good one. And that'll be a good one to a good press conference to have. Yeah, absolutely. So I I like that. Well, it's gonna be crazy. It's been it's been it's been sort of a kooky, uh, kooky week already. Um big uh well, I guess I can I can say this uh, on this podcast because by the time this one drops, the other one will drop. The sister podcast of the this podcast, the Red Sox centric one that I do, the Bradfoe show. Um, Rick Porcello was a big announcement. I know Mets fans will be fascinating by it because he was a big part of that team when he oh, interesting. In 2020. Um I got also on this podcast on baseball isn't boring a quick baseballs and boring episode where I think we're going to be dropping also on Monday, a Rick Porcello talking about Jake DeGrom about, because he obviously was around him. So there was David Ortiz celebrity golf tournament, Rick Porcello came down from Vermont and he said uh, some really, really nice things. The people of Texas Rangers, Texas Rangers fans are going to want to listen to, because if you want to get to know Jake DeGrom, this is a good guy. Rick, Rick Porcello, you aren't going to find anyone more articulate, Baseball player, so forth and so on. But you want to know what the big news is? I do want to know what the big news oh, is. Okay, he's retired. He's he he's officially retiring on the podcast. He's looking into the microphone and saying, "This is Rick Porcello. I am retiring." So <laughs> there you go. I know you Well, I mean, I, I think like it was interesting. Porcello is a guy, and maybe we could do a whole thing on this, but. When we talk about the evolution of baseball and how certain things were devalued that certain guys brought to the table, clubhouse guys were maybe devalued for the sake of guys who had potential. Like Zach Eflin. Zach Eflin. I don't know if he's a bad clubhouse guy. But everyone's screaming and yelling with the Red Sox about, oh, my God, they, they, they offered the same thing, and he went to Tampa. Here's what you should be saying. Thank you, Tampa, for taking Zach Aflin at three years and $40 million. Like,
1: what I was happening? shocked that he got that much. Absolutely shocked. And listen, I like Sabermetrics as much as the next guy. But that kind of money for somebody that's been hurt most of his career, and they're not arm injuries, I'll say that. They've been knee injuries that have been the issue. But, but that was that was, that was was a real shock to me. So just,
0: this, is, this is what I'm saying, though, Ed, is that when we talked about, and Porcello talks about this, is that it has gone from results, a results business, to a projection business more than ever before. And Afflin's the perfect example of this. Not only the injuries – but the results, I yeah. mean the results. And when you it, the ironic thing is that you had two teams looking at it the same way. So that tells you where they're coming from. And I think that Porcello was a victim. Now he, as he said, he had a terrible year last year, didn't have a good 2019 year. Um, so it's a results business. Still, still a guy with his track record, you think would get another shot and you know, or offer it another way. Um, but he was never a spin rate guy. His the way that he did things was two seamers, and everyone was devaluing two seamers. So it's kind of an interesting. He's kind of an interesting case of like where baseball sort of took a took a turn where it sort of phased that sort of guy out.
1: Well, can I ask you a question with that? As far as paying guys for results versus potential, because when I, I what I, what you hear a lot with that is that you You don't want to pay someone for past performance. You want to pay them for future performance. So do you see that as being the reason for that, that the result is the past and you're trying to project for the yeah, of future? Course. Or do you just, yeah.
0: Of course. But do you well, see
1: that as, I guess, yeah.
0: No, but this, oh, no, go ahead. Let's, be, let's be honest, Ed, that you can say that, but you have to have some sort of performance in the past. You know, and so if you have a guy <laughs> – that's what these contracts are based off of, typically. And if you have a guy who's coming off a year where he has a 6 ERA, and, but, oh, listen, no, but we see that his some of his underlying analytics are really, really good, and we think we can turn them around, then great. But still, like, he had a 6 ERA. Um, there's guys – there's plenty of guys that we see – are being run through organization and it's sort of throwing a bunch of guys against the wall, seeing if they can change this or change that. And then there you go. The problem is, or not the problem, but the reality of it is now that you have guys who are getting paid a lot of money, a lot more money simply off of that projection, simply off that projection. I mean, Athlon's a, like a, a perfect example of this good for him for getting his money. And maybe he'll go off to big things. I don't know, but it, it it has changed a lot because there's so much more information when it comes to this stuff. And 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 I don't know, maybe it's good, maybe it's good that, that some of these teams are finding some of these guys, whereas 20 years ago you just would be relying on oh, the guy had a good year last year. There it is. Yeah, but,
1: I mean, I look at, at um, like Andrew Heady last year when he got signed by the Dodgers right out of the gate after he completely bombed out with the Yankees and, you know, had a pretty good year with them. Half a season granted. He got hurt. They're doing it now with Shelby Miller, um, who I got a major league deal. I was very surprised to see that after he had what, seven innings with the, with the pirates this year. Yeah. Um, for those of you that don't know, that's the guy that got, that the Braves traded for Dansby Swanson right after he was the first pick in the country. Um, so it's just, it's just interesting how they do that now. Um, and you're right that, you know, 10 years ago, Andrew Heaney might have been out of baseball by now.
0: It, yeah, and, and, and conversely, like you said, you see, see a guy like Porcello. We saw this coming. I mean, we saw it coming where there's spin rate. Uh, spin rate is a bad example, but more of like how he pitched. And where, yeah. where, remember, he was a two-seam guy. He had this lethal two-seamer. This was his bread and butter. And then everyone was saying you no 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 that's not how baseball is it's, it's four seamers up in the zone then then change it change the uh, the visual angle with the breaking balls. That's how you have to pitch and Porcello admits this he said, I got caught up in this. I tried to change and I and covering him, you could see that he was all over the place when it came to trying to figure this out but instead of just saying that's what I do best and I think that we have to look at it that. Like, would we'll say it's okay if a guy does something really, really well. Let him do it really, really well. That's it. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I just it was. I'm not. It's good seeing him, man. Like, because he's been hiding. He's been in hiding. This is the first. Everybody at this event were like, this is the first time that we heard or saw Rick Porcello in years because he was building a house in Vermont. So, oh wow! Like literally, like not like hiring someone to build it, right? Building it. So. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a good event again for a good cause. Go to David Ortiz children's fund for it's, every $5,000 is a heart surgery for a little kid. So why we have a great time and it was absolutely a great time seeing all these people. Um, so, uh, Adam Jones had a great conversation with him and we'll uh, we'll drop that. All time. Great. All yeah, time. Great. So, Adam Jones. so we have, I did a podcast with him, which I'll drop maybe next week after we clear all the winter meeting stuff a little bit. But we talked about the WBC, the World Baseball Classic, yep. and after you listen to this, Ed is like, "You're gonna be like, let's go, give me the tickets, come on!" Oh, like- I'm
1: already hyped for that. I got to see some of the warm-up uh, matches in uh, 2017. I saw the Twins' spring training roster beat Team USA before they went on to win the whole thing. It was, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I'm more excited, and I mean, I'm, I'm a little biased, but I'm more excited for that than I am for. Uh, you know, the world cup for soccer, that's well, for sure.
0: Yeah, and this is a whole nother thing. And I look forward to it. And and our guy Coop is already he, like he loves it as well. And and I talked to, to Adam Jones about it. And like you go when it first started, it was path, it was just it, people didn't want to play in it, and the guys who did play in it got hurt, so you had less people want to play in it, but now because of 2017, especially for two team USA. You, with that success, now you have guys understanding this is more like the world this is basically what MLB was hoping it would become. And I told Jones I said, let's that catch that yeah. uh, that catch that catch that he made. I said, rate that catch. He says, well, Willie Mays, Gary <laughs> Matthews Jr. I said, no, no, I actually I meant like rate catches that you've made. But if you want to talk about all time catch, sure. Yeah, I'll go number three. That was the third best catch of all time. <laughs> but it's, it's 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 it was an unbelievable catch and it with T with USA across your chest and it's good. It's in in, in a nutshell. Ed, we'll have plenty to talk about. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. All right. Well, we'll reconvene. Uh, we'll everybody rate, subscribe, r- leave a nice review. We'll have constant coverage of the winter meetings of this week uh, at at all hours of the night. We're not just going to rely. We'll have something at 6 a.m. every day. But uh, if there's something to be said, we'll have it for you. Um, And I know you want to go fall ed on social media. He's all over this stuff. He's doing an awesome job. Um, There's nobody who's on top of it more. So, uh, yeah, we got everything covered. We're ready to roll. There we go. Winter meetings.